When you hire a contractor, you want things to go smooth. Smooth as a driveway poured by Pete's Concrete. You want a solid guarantee. Solid as a basement floor by Pete's Concrete. You want Pete. Pete's Concrete. For sidewalks, patios, your leaky basement, Pete lays his reputation down with every job, and he offers you finishes and colors you won't find anywhere else. You want someone who proudly puts their name on the work they do. Pete puts his name in concrete. Pete's Concrete. Welcome to the Two Mutts Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Rick White, here's Radulov with a chance. Scores! One-timer, scores! Perry, scores! Corey Perry! Here's Drysdale again, turns, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews, in, shoots, scores! Austin Matthews! Schultz ahead, Crosby onside, behind the fence, toward the net, he scores! Back across, fired, score! Crosby again! Taves with a shot, he scores! Taves shoves it for the star! Jonathan Taves ties it! Look at that! Are you watching this? What a brilliant piece of work from Connor McDavid! Wow. <laughs> An enthusiasm of the Avalanche put them over the top. Kevin mentioned McCarr without a shot, five blocked, three have missed the net. Eight shot attempts, and number eight's got it. It'll be picked up by the Avalanche and sent out to center. Matushkin tried to get it in deep, knocked down by Hitman. Bouncing puck for Sergachev. Here comes Crocker. JT Crocker shot block. Matushkin. Welcome back to the Two Months Podcast presented by Pete's Concrete and Chattified Salon and Barbershop. I'm your host, Joshua Marshall. Today's guest, he is back uh, with us. He is the TSN analyst and he's the head scout for TSN as well. And he also has a podcast with uh, Steve Coolius, the Cool Buttons podcast. We have Craig Button. Craig, how's it going? It's going really well, Josh. And, uh, you know, it's been a fantastic July in Alberta and it. It seems uh, heading into the uh, long weekend in Canada, you know, if you're if you're in uh, Alberta, you got lots to enjoy in the outdoors. So yeah. it's hot and get out, get if you get near water, that's OK, too. But whatever, whatever your jam is, you know what? Uh, enjoy it because yeah. it won't be long before we got some colder nights and colder days. Yeah, exactly. And the sun won't be as out as much as it is. No, so, no. You know what's nice because like I like it I like it a lot here. Um, you know, obviously from Alberta and, and I'm I'm obviously a bit biased, but I like it because you're seeing other people from other provinces and all that. And it's good. Like you look at Banff and I on Twitter the other day what and you know, Patrick Maroon is there with the sun in, in Banff and Jasper, right? And it's you know, it's a hockey player coming back to an area you kind of played in, but you know, it's just nice that we're getting, you know, uh somewhat normal back to our lives here with a little bit of travel and people coming and exploring what we have here to offer in Alberta. So it's nice to uh, see that. Yeah. Well, well, you think about the pandemic and the, uh, 
you know, the tourist industry took a, a, a real hard, hard hit uh, all around the world. And certainly when you start to think about uh, the beauty of Alberta and certainly Banff and Jasper and Canmore and, you know, everything that it has to offer. I mean, nobody was moving, nobody was traveling and people depend on that uh, tourist, uh, you know, the, the influx of tourists and, you know, to see it back and see, uh, you know, uh, people enjoying uh, you know, Alberta and the Rocky Mountains and the national parks, it's phenomenal. And yeah. it really is nice to see. And, you know, hopefully it's just a, a continued sign of, uh, of where we're headed uh, with respect back to a, a pacing and, and, and a normalcy. It'll be different post-pandemic than it was pre-pandemic, but people enjoying not just uh, uh, the outdoors and, and what various places uh, in the province and around the country and around the world have to offer, but to be able to spend it with people, your friends and your family and your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's great. All right, well, we're going to jump into everything here. We're going to go kind of uh, around, but the biggest thing right now, we're going to talk about what's going on in Hockey Canada, Craig. We'll start off with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our podcast, we've, uh, we partnered up with uh, the Child Advocacy Centre in Red Deer. Uh, as you probably know very well about what that program does. And obviously, Sheldon Kennedy is a huge part of that organization. And uh, we got some great things working on some donations with them and donating some of our hockey tickets and, and whatnot. And we've done that last year. and We're going to do that again this year. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, what, uh, you know, what's going on in the world right now, but what's going on in Hockey Canada um, it's concerning uh, to hear and see what we're seeing and hear, you know, everything that's gone on. I've kind of watched the, the, you know, the the news the other day and then watched what was going on in Parliament. Um, I just want to get your thoughts. Obviously, we'll start with Sheldon Kennedy's comments of, you know, the wanting the, the CEOs and the senior leadership at Hockey Canada to step down. I'm with him. I back that. Uh, where are you at with uh, Sheldon Kennedy's comments? Well, the bottom line is, is when you look at, uh, you know, everything that has come to light with respect to Hockey Canada, uh, you know, where do you go and look to, for responsibility and ultimately accountability? You always look at the top. Uh, you know, there's been a lack of leadership. You know, this isn't an indictment on personal character. It's an indictment on the lack of leadership that has been present in Hockey Canada and, 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 it's, it's easy to just look at one person. It, it's happened across probably multiple areas of, of the operation, you know? So at the end of the day, you know, 21 assault cases that have been settled, settled with, with, with payments, 21, 21. And it took until Rick Westhead at TSN starts to expose uh, the most recent payment based on an incident in, in 2018 to, to now for, for Hockey Canada to say, oh yeah, we got to be better. What, the previous 20, like, you, you know, settlements didn't lead you to believe? One is too many. Yes. And the bottom line is it was Sheldon Kennedy. I agree with him. Bottom line is people here and like, you know, we, we, we can talk about the, the board of directors and the, and, 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 the, and the leadership at Hockey Canada. If you want what's best for Hockey Canada, you have failed. So therefore, you're not in a position to carry on. That's how I feel. I feel strongly about it. And that's what should happen. If you deeply care about hockey in this country, you have failed. Therefore, you don't get the opportunity to try to fix what ails it. Because you had the opportunity. You had it. Yeah, it was simple as that, Josh. I don't, I'm not sitting on the fence here. And it's not a, it's an indictment on the leadership and the actions and inactions. They go hand in hand. 
They do. And and it's very well said what you said there. And, and it's, it's tough. Like that someone, uh, these, these individuals, like the people, the victims in this had to go through what they've gone through. And, and, you know, like, like you said, one case is too many cases and something needs to happen here. Um, I'd like to see a huge shakeup in that, in that organization from top to bottom on, you know, and like you said, everything starts from the top. And, you know, I work in a program where, you know, one of the, we talk about these four R's that represent us standing up for each other. And one of the four R's that we, we, we talk about is raising your voice. And in a slide of that, raising your voice is bringing the unspeakable issues to light. And, uh, you know, these are things that are just that, that, and I work in construction and I'm seeing in construction where the change is happening where we're, and I, I'm, and this is where I stand on this You get your thoughts here, but I stand on a, I want to see more and we're seeing it in the NHL and it was talked about last few days in parliament that there's more women in leadership roles in the NHL now. And I would like to see this happen in hockey Canada. I'm not, I don't know how many there are in hockey Canada. I can't see it. Like if it, if it's a big list there, Craig, I don't, maybe you might know a better than that than, than I do on that, but I just wish there was more accountability, um, you know, and they failed with 21 cases now. Right. So why were you, why do we think going forward, we could have you guys lead the charge and, and do this action plan that they're rolling out going forward. I don't know where you stand on that. Um, you know, this action plan came out, but why did it take 21 cases for an action plan to come out in my, in my opinion too. Right. Well, I think we know the reason why, yeah, yeah, <laughs> why, yeah, why yeah, the action yeah. plan came out, right? Yeah, yeah. And again, so so great. You have you have good intentions. It, it, it's hard to separate the fact that what became public led you to do this, not not continued cases being settled of sexual assaults. Yeah. Like, like that's what should lead you to action, not not something to being exposed about your payments. Now, there are two female. Uh, members on the board of directors of Hockey Canada. I, I, you know, one thing I want to clear up right here, I, I've heard a lot of people say, burn it to the ground. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, we burn it to the ground. Now what? Yeah. Now what? No, no, burning it to the ground isn't the answer. You know what? You know, we're not talking about uh, a, 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 an organization that needs to be burned down to the ground, in my view. Does it need new leadership? Absolutely, it does, in my opinion. And that's where we got to focus uh, the energies and the efforts. I think that's where Parliament has. I think that's where, you know, we're starting to see, you know, districts, you know, uh, provincial uh, hockey jurisdiction saying, wait, we're, we're, we're suspending payments to Hockey Canada. Yeah. Quebec has said one, one element, the estuary region in Quebec has said, we're not sending payments to Hockey Canada anymore. Like until we, till this gets good. Applying pressure is something that can help, you know, lead to meaningful change. Meaningful change means exploring what people are capable of leading the significant change necessary in Hockey Canada. Okay. So like more diversity means you have more voices from, and, and hopefully what you want to do, you want to have those voices uh, represent all areas of society. Yes. And, and in this case, hockey society, right? And women are a huge part of it. You know, all the, it's not just the players. It's not just the coaches. It's, it's everybody. The more voices we have, the more diversity and inclusion we have, the more we're going to be able to consider how we move forward, how we move forward. And absolutely, you need to have those voices included. You need to have diversity. And that has to be a real focal point. And I'm not suggesting that they're just 
you snap your fingers. No, it didn't end up. It didn't end up in this situation overnight. It's not going to get out overnight, but burning it to the ground isn't the answer either. Yeah. But you know, a, a, a serious, serious understanding of what the problems are. And then how can like, like what are the steps that need to be taken? And then who are the people? And, 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 and there's lots of people, men and women and all areas of the sport that need to be part of the solution. That's where I'm at. And I'm not here to throw the baby out. Gina Kingsbury is outstanding. She has been part of Hockey Canada as a player, a coach, a manager. She needs to be part of this. And she should be included. Marie-Philippe Poulin sent out a, a letter on behalf of the Canadian National Women's Team. Bottom line is, we have more than enough experienced, intelligent, bright women and men that can be part of significant change in Hockey Canada. And that's what we got to focus our energies and efforts on. And quite frankly, Josh, that's where we got to apply the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, when do you think this happens? How soon do you think something like this would shake, like would trickle out? Um, obviously, you know, with more pressure and again, Rick Westhead colleague of yours has done an amazing job, uh, you know, with, with this and every day he sent, he has more information, but where do you think the next steps happen here? Is it in a couple of weeks? Is it, do you think things happen before we get to the world juniors too? Is that also, you know, is it, would we say that's a deadline in that aspect of, of change leadership? I don't, I don't believe in saying it should happen in two days or 12 days or four months or whatnot. Until you sit down and recognize fully, okay, what needs to change? Number one for who needs to change first and foremost. Yeah. Then number two, okay. How do we affect change in the best manner possible? And that's going to have to be done short-term, mid-term, long-term. And those are very different separate entities. So, you know, we don't have to look at deadline. If you just think about what's happened since the initial, uh, you know, hearings on Parliament Hill, and that was a month ago or six weeks ago, you know, just think about what's happened since that moment in time. Pressure is applied. Significant uh, supporters of hockey have said, we're not giving any money right now. We're suspending money to the junior program. You know, you, you see that uh, uh, the government of Canada said we're suspending money to, to, to Hockey Canada. I just told you about the S3 region in, in Quebec saying we're not sending money to Hockey Canada. You know, so a, a, as we continue down the path of people saying, you know what, we're, if this is how you're going to remain, we're not going to be part of it. Right. So what, what you're getting here is what I call a clipping of the wings. So, you know, the first thing is, is it, it, when, when you clip the wings, they, they can't fly at the same heights. We, we, we can't have them flying at the same heights. So the wings are being clipped steadily, right? Yes. To the point where, you know what? There's going to be somebody else, some other people that need to stay. This is how we're going to proceed. Now, you know what? I understand where Scott Smith says, I want to be part of the solution. He had his opportunity. He had his opportunity for a long time. Okay. And that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, you know, cast any doubt about his intentions or about his character or anything else. What it does, what it does say is we need new leadership. It's as simple as that. And people will say that's harsh. That's personal. You know what? It's not personal. It's not harsh. No. That's the reality of the situation. So to me, we're seeing pressures being applied that can now, you know, what we want to see is, is the initial things happen the short term. And then we have to burning it down is, is not the answer in my view, no. but significant change in the leadership. And then 
who are the people, well, what are the problems? And then how, what, what are the potential solutions and who can lead that? I'm not going to put a time frame on it. I, I think it's about moving in a very steady, measured course that is transparent and very clear about the steps that are going to be taken. And then, quite frankly, to regain the confidence of people in the country when it comes to Hockey Canada, you're, it, it's, you can't snap your fingers and say, okay, we have new leadership, therefore it's done then. Yeah. It'll take time. You, yeah. You're rebuilding. And, and Hockey Canada has done some absolutely wonderful things with respect to, you know, initiatives to, to get kids involved, you know, and everything. But it's not about what they've done. This is about what they haven't done. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, and your thoughts on the NHLs as they're monitoring this, obviously, they, there's always a, that step and that chain of command and, and whatnot. And, you know, things haven't rolled out. Uh, you know, they've, they've said they've had their statements. They're doing their investigation. There's players that have come out. Do you do you see um, the NHL stepping in once, you know, things shake down a bit more and then discipline happens to us towards some of the players that are involved here? Here, Craig, or is it, uh, you know, because it seems like some of these guys were property of the NHL when this happened. We don't have names, but, uh, you know, where do you think things shake down with with the NHL in, in their involvement and in helping out, you know, of correcting this and showing that, you know, they're, they're taking this very seriously, too, because it seems they definitely they definitely are in some of their statements that they've made. They, they are. But I mean, I, I think one of the things we have to keep in mind is that and, and and this is the the London police investigation said everybody that was asked to participate participated and fully cooperated in the investigation back in 2018 so you know what so let's keep that in mind i mean there's a lot of legal aspects to this too right yeah. so the london police said they're going to reopen the investigation okay that's fine okay you're going to reopen it what are you reopening right you know we, we've heard about you know <clears throat> The fact is, is that, you know, all the players that were involved were not, were not members of the World Junior Team. It included members of the World Junior Team, but it was not limited to them. That was very clear in the, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the statement, in the court statements with the settlement. So now what you have to do is understand, okay, what did, what, what did, the, what did the John Doe's, I'll call them the John Doe's, what, what, what was part of the investigation? If, if we're hearing that, they fully participated and cooperated and there was and, and they felt there was no basis to file criminal charges doesn't mean that there wasn't uh, a problem it doesn't mean that you know it might not come to light that criminal uh charges filed but at the end of the day i think we gotta let the legal process play out yeah and the legal process includes yeah when i talk about the legal aspect it includes due process you know what we can't start convicting before, you know, everybody, uh, until the facts are all known, and then everybody's had an opportunity to lay out their case and, you know, make a position. Well, we know in sexual assault cases, it's very, very difficult for women to make their case. And, and, and you, it's traumatic, it's emotional, and it has a lot of PTSD associated with it. So we have to recognize that too, just because, you know, allegations aren't proven doesn't mean necessarily that that they weren't accurate or, or there wasn't wrongdoing there might not have been criminal wrongdoing but there could have been wrongdoing so i think that that's something we have to keep in mind I, i'm not here to say when you, you if you go through the, the the legal process that if you're found innocent okay that's the process we have in our judicial system if there's a better judicial system 
let me know. Yeah. We're working on those areas. People are working on those areas to 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 ensure that you, you know sexual assault is dealt with. You, you know, in a manner that finds the the the, the guilty guilty. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do that in our society and and trying to make it better, the process better. But we still have to understand it. And, and it's no different. Gary Bettman is a is a is an exceptionally smart person. And he understands the legal aspect and, and the process as well as anybody. So he'll gather the facts and he'll wait because he also knows that all the facts aren't known yet. Yes. So so I think we have to be very, very uh, cognizant of that and at the same time believe that if there is been found wrongdoing that gary under his under his uh uh position as commissioner of the nhl can can meet out punishment yeah and obviously the criminal investigation will help will help in that as as yep. well do you know that there'll be uh you know uh action to be taken in that aspect too so uh yeah and we'll finish on that with with you know i i i again i stand behind sheldon Ken sheldon kennedy i think the guy's an amazing person i think what he's uh overcome and what he's done to help so many other people in this world is is amazing obviously you know him and uh he's a he's a he's a dear friend of yours and you know what he's done to help others and help victims uh and what he's and setting up uh you know the child advocacy center has has been amazing uh to see too so we'll see i stand with him on his comments and i hope uh, action is taken in the right way for the change to happen and i agree it it can't happen overnight right it, it's going to be a, a due process here so i don't know if you want to add anything to add to that before we move on but uh well what i would say about uh, uh, sheldon didn't just make his comment haphazardly i mean he 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 works with a lot of different groups across canada with respect to education and it's been something he's been doing for a long time and he, he's not somebody that's going to just you know speak from the hip so to speak and you know i think that it's important that you know when when somebody that has been a victim of sexual assault that has worked tirelessly you know to try to educate in, in so many different areas and and and, and try to continuously work to 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 get uh, a process and processes in place that can be really beneficial that, that with experts and whatnot you know what that's that's people you must listen to yeah and you might not always like you know uh what somebody has to say people sometimes don't like what i have to say but you try to understand where it's coming from and Sheldon Kennedy wants to be an agent for change, significant change, positive change. Yeah. And let's keep that in mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Well, and shit. has been, and has been an agent for significant change. Yeah, he has. Yeah. has. <laughs> yes. uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people lean on him for his advice. You know, the yeah. NHL has brought him in for stuff too. Um, other organizations have, uh, that aren't tied to hockey They're, you know, so, you know, he's very, uh, knowledgeable in what he's talking about. And, and yes, it's not a statement. He's just going to wake up in the morning, have something there and post it. There's going to go, there's due process to go into what he had tweeted the other day. So, and obviously helping out, uh, Kyle beach and his situation as well too. So, um, we'll move on to the Calgary flames, uh, in the trade that, uh, that kind of shook a bit of the hockey world here. Um, we've had a few, few days here now to a week to, uh, digest this move. Um, 
you know, your your thoughts on the move. Um, I'll say this on Brad Tree Living. I think he's, in my opinion, he's the best general manager in the game. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit. And I'm a bit biased to it because there's a player that he traded for quite a few years ago who changed my life and actually saved my life. And it was Travis Hamanick, um, for what I was going through. And I lost my dad at a young age, just like Travis did. So uh, for what he's done and getting Travis here and, and getting to meet Travis and Peter Hanlon and, and Brad, a part of that is, is definitely uh, a little bit of a soft spot, I'll say there. But And I know your brother works for the organization too. But, uh, you know, thoughts on the move. But, you know, wanting to stand in front of there and say, and you live in Calgary, and I love Calgary a lot, but there's a lot to unpack in this question. But, you know, he stood up for the city that, you know, got kicked in the shins and he brought in two great assets to help them now in a prospect and a first round pick, but thoughts on the trade and Brad. Well, I mean, you, you, you just talk about, you know, uh, a soft spot for somebody that had a significant impact on your life. You, if you can't have a soft spot for somebody like that, then you, you, you got no softness in your heart, Josh. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, 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 and that's, uh, you know, Brad is, is dedicated and Brad is hardworking and Brad's passionate. And, you know, even, even when you look at the, you know, moves to put the team in position this year, you know, to be a real serious Stanley Cup contender. We know how it ended. It didn't end the way they wanted it to. But, you know, the I think uh, uh, the work speaks for itself. You know, now you get to a spot and, you know, you, you lose Johnny Goudreau, top player, and now Matthew Kachuk, you can't get him signed long-term. So, you know, what, 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 one of my beliefs, and, you know, is that, you know, when you get to the major leagues, everybody can hit the fastball. But if you can't hit the curveball, you're not staying in the major leagues. Yeah. Brad Trey living showed he can hit the curveball, And, you know, it's not one that you're sitting there going, Oh my, now what now? I mean, it, it, and, and it comes like rapidly one, two, one, two, right at that. Right. So I think we're, we're Brad, you know, really took a step back and said, okay, this is what we got to do. And, and then working to find a solution that, that benefited both parties that benefited Matthew Kachuk, you can include the Florida Panthers, but Matthew Kachuk was the other party here that said, this is where I'd like to go. And then Brad had to go work on it, you know, with, with his counterparts in the league to affect a, a change that, you know, he, he knew he was giving up a good player, but, you know, w- what can I do to make my team as competitive as possible? And he did a fantastic job. And one of the things that I hear, and I've heard it from lots of different people, they ask me, well, what about next summer? I said, next summer will come soon enough. This team now put itself back in a position to be a serious competitor. They have the goaltender back, who was the second team all-star goaltender. Their defense, you know, Eric Branson left, so they bring in Mackenzie Weger. The defense is, it is an approved defense with Mackenzie Weger, and that's not – Eric Branson played fantastic for the Flames last year. That's an improved defense. You get a top left winger in Jonathan Huberto. You have all the other players back. So, you know, John, pick who you want Jonathan Huberdeau to replace, Matthew Kachuk or Johnny Goudreau, one or the other. And now they have cap space to go and explore other opportunities to improve their team. This team has, put, has, has left themselves in a position to compete at the upper echelon of the National Hockey League. That is what you need to do as a man. There's no sense of bemoaning your situation or crying about it. And it's about what, okay, this is what we're faced with. I'm going to deal with it. That's what Brad did. And I think he did a fantastic job and, you know, and his work is done. You know, they got a top coach in Daryl Sutter. And what I will say too is, I mean, 
Brad hears all the stuff about the city. People want to say, oh, players don't want to play in Calgary. Like, that's not true. I mean, free agency means you can go, you're free to go anywhere. And, and, and you're able to do that. You know, I bring this up all the time. I brought this up with a lot of people. People, oh, people don't want to play in Canada. In 1988, the greatest hockey icon in this country's history said, I'm leaving Edmonton. So let's dispatch with all this stuff that, people don't want to play in Canada. Yeah. 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 Brady Kachuk signed up to play in Ottawa for a long time. Yeah. And Josh Norris signed up to play in Ottawa for a long time. Two American born players. Yeah. So don't start telling like, you know, I, I can find you lots of evidence uh, of, of players that uh, they say. So yeah, it goes in this situation. So now everybody wants to jump to the other thing too. Oh yeah. They got to do a rebuild. Why do they have to do a rebuild? No. They don't have ridiculous. To. They yeah. don't. And they've drafted well. Their 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 foreign team is doing really well. Yep. Um, the prospects are going up. Look at the like they found Adam Fox, and I understand that they had to trade him, but that scouting team that that brass there found found him, and uh, you know it. And his it was his right to do what he wanted to do in 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 that aspect, and you know he didn't want to sign there, and the trade happened, but that trade that they made to get, you know, Lindholm and uh, Hannafin isn't, isn't an amazing trade. Oh. You, look, you, you look back at Carolina and they don't have Dougie Hamilton there. And obviously Michael Furlan had to, you know, got traded and had, or, and had to, you know, retire because of concussions and, and that, and that's unfortunate too, because you never want to leave on injury. You want to leave on your own terms, but that trade there, it goes into the side is like, then that's what I mean by him being the best general manager, you know, and obviously it's a biased opinion and, you know, he didn't trade Travis Hamanek to save my life. He traded Travis, but it just happened to work out. And that was the type of person and the organization they are. And Travis didn't need to do that because it was a program that he was helping out kids. He didn't need to help me out at the age of 33, but he did. And that that's, you know, and that was Peter Hanlon being a part of that and, and the rest of that Flames Foundation. But what they've done to help their team now, and I agree, they didn't need to do a rebuild. And then Calgary's a beautiful city. And you make a good point. One of the topics we were going to talk about is, is are we going to see a run on U.S. players playing in the Canadian market leaving? But you just showed some evidence. Brady Kachuk just stayed in Ottawa. Norris stays in Ottawa. Um, and the Ottawa Senators had a great summer, you know, in my opinion. So, um, you know, thoughts on the Ottawa Senators. But if you want to pick up on, you know, USA, top USA players, because I know the conversation is going to be if Austin Matthews is going to leave and whatnot. And, and I don't know if he ever will, um, but I don't think he will. But... You know your thoughts on the Ottawa Senators, and but also too, what's your thoughts on the Can on top players in the American markets uh, leaving if they do leave uh, Canadian teams to go play somewhere else? Well, I mean, again, free agency. So, like, uh, how many was it a couple years ago where people were saying, "Oh, Connor McDavid's going to ask to be traded"? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they're, I mean, like, so we hear it about Connor McDavid. You know, you know what I find is is that people want to jump to conclusions and they want to make they want to take a loose connection and make it like a, a something that oh yeah, this is the reason. You know, not necessarily the case. You know, you know Matthew and Brady Kachuk and Taryn, the the youngest daughter of of, of uh, Keith and uh, and Chantel. Chantel's from Winnipeg. You know, the boys have dual citizenship. Right. Yeah. So, so maybe we, if we want to look at it, it's Canadian kids leaving Canadian markets. If we want to, if I want to play that side of things. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, Austin Matthews, Kyle Connor signed a long-term contract in Winnipeg. He's from the United States. You know, like Quinn Hughes signed a long-term contract in Vancouver. He's from the United States. Like, 
honestly, Josh, what I'd like to tell people, just stop and think about it for a second. Just stop. Yeah. Stop and think about it. Oh, Jack Campbell's from the U.S. He just came to Edmonton. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So, like, let's just dispatch, and I'll be straightforward with you, with all the the the, the garbage narrative. Yeah. It's- like, some players are going to leave. Some players are going to stay. That's just the nature of free agency. And okay. We got, and there's one right in Calgary there. I forgot Blake Coleman, text from Texas. Signed there you go. Long, yeah. Signed a long-term deal. As you start naming, you start like you, you're right. You think of one, you think of two and you can think of 10 and you can think of 12 and hundred percent. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, no, you're right. Like, again, it's just that it's a garbage narrative. And, and if people would just stop and think about it for a second, they would go, like I said, I mean, you heard all the talk up in Edmonton. Oh, Connor McDavid's going to ask to be traded. He can't put up with this anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, I gotcha. Right. Like, I mean, no, that's not the way it works. No. no. You know what? Players look at different scenarios and situations that, you know, the, the, they're saying like, so Johnny Goudreau says, I, I want to be closer to home. I get it. So Brad respected that. Right. So you move, but again, we, we can look at what the outcome was. He ended up in Columbus and, you know, people go, well, it wasn't close to home. Okay, whatever. He made a decision. It doesn't matter anymore for Brad and the Flames. No, no. doesn't matter. Austin Matthews was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's full. He's, he's full. He's full on in Toronto to try to help them be successful. Pierre-Luc Dubois, he came out the other day and he said, I never asked for a trade. If I wanted a trade, I would have asked for one. Yeah. Pierre-Luc's a pretty solid up guy but oh if you're from Quebec oh yeah you want to be traded to Montreal and you know what like if you're oh the U.S. players are leaving nah not not happening no sorry that's a narrative we can't you can't buy into because the evidence proves otherwise obviously and you uh done a great job in showing why that is so um so that 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 topic to a dead issue because we did have that come up a lot and you know in our internal uh, podcast chat here so it'd be nice to kind of for the guys to listen to uh to, to know that that's not the case but uh uh so just a few more um I'll close out on some good things about you um uh, and who's helped you out in your career but just some uh, ufas out there do, where do you think uh you know cadre's out there kessel's out there um you know Klinberg's out there uh do you obviously money's getting tight uh, I think uh, I think your colleague uh, earlier this week on TSN Overdrive, I think it was on Monday, uh, uh, Gord Miller had said that there's probably, I think there's about 90 players that are UFAs right now who played at least 25 games last year who don't have a job. So, you know, with jo- jobs uh, and money getting tighter, um, but do you, do you obviously Kadri and these guys, Kadri's going to get paid, Klinger is probably going to get paid here, but uh, maybe Kadri goes back to Colorado, but do you think Calgary would be a good fit in Calgary for him? I know they tried to get him before, but uh, your thoughts on maybe him him landing in Calgary? Yeah, I'll go generally on that. I'll start generally on the topic and the topic of, you know, I think that players, uh, Nazem Kadri's, you know, had a fantastic season. He's going to be 32 in the fall. And like, you know, so you start to, do I think he can help a team? Absolutely. But are teams ready to give him a long-term contract? And I, I think as you enter free agency, you have an expectation and then you have to, both teams and players have to adjust those expectations as new information comes in. You know, what's the demand? What else have we signed? How much money do we have? You know, Nazem Kadri, I've said this for a long time. He's wired to win. He, he, he's not interested in just going out on the ice and playing a game. He's, he, 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 needs, he needs to have uh, a meaningful opportunity to, to, to achieve success. That, that's what he's wired. John Klingberg, 
you know, we saw that he just changed his agent. So that tells me that he's, he hasn't been happy with the way negotiations have gone. I, I think there are two really, really good players that I think have four and five years left in them that can be really good for a team. And, and maybe that's where the uh, player and the agent have to adjust. But, but I think they can, they, they, both those players can help any number of teams, you know, with yeah. respect to, to, to their abilities. Every year, and keep in mind last year, we had over a thousand players play games in the NHL because of COVID and because of the, you know, the different challenges that happened. So, you know, the fact that there's 90 UFAs that played 25 games or more not signed, that's not abnormal either. You know, there's change over every year in the National Hockey League. Now, you know, and, and, and who are those players? What are the ages of those players? You know, again, you start to, you start to look at the, at, at the top of the cap and how much money your top players take up. You know, you look at how many players didn't get qualified not because teams didn't see them as good players, but they knew that if we call qualify them and they go to arbitration, we're going to get stuck with a higher contract than maybe we feel. It's not that the player didn't earn it based on comparables, but as you adjust in the marketplace, you know, the reality comes, we didn't qualify you. So you're not worth that anymore. Yeah. So you, you, you have a new value attached to you. Look at Danton Heinen. Danton Heinen, not qualified, everything. He goes, wait a second, I'm going back to Pittsburgh is not bad. I'm going to play for the same money. Everybody knows that based on an arbitration case, but what you, you don't have the opportunity to go to make a case in arbitration. So yeah. your new reality comes into play. So I don't see that as any big deal for two reasons. Number one, there's changeover and a lot of players, over a thousand players that we had over a hundred goaltenders play last year in the NHL because of the situation. So I, I think as teams try to adjust and players try to adjust the Klingbergs, I should say the Klingbergs, John Klingberg, Nazem Kadri, they're going to find their, they're going to find their footing. And, you know, once they, once they find their footing with respect to, you know, what makes sense for them personally, I think that uh, whoever gets them is going to be really, really happy with yeah. both those players. Yeah, I know exactly. And, you know, you'll see what happens with the guys like the PK Subans and the Phil Kessels. Uh, they're yeah. later their careers and Kessels got his cup and, you know, PK Subban, uh, you know, who just coming off $9 million, obviously he's not going to get that again, but uh, you know, maybe he's an ad uh, PTO ad or whatnot uh, down the stretch here. Um, so this is one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and like we've had this kind of with other guests we've talked about and, talked about mentorship and people have helped them out and get to where they are in their career. And obviously your dad was, was involved in the game. Um, was he one of your mentors, Craig, or was, did you have, you know, this, was there someone along the lines of when you got into hockey that said, you know, I'm giving you that chance. Cause you're a very successful executive in the game and, and scout, but there's, there's someone out there that means a lot to you that helped you out and gave you an opportunity. Well, you know what, first of all, you know, my mom, my mother and my father were both involved in hockey, but they're my parents, you, yeah. you know, you love your parents and my, my parents were, were, were instrumental in, in, in my lives and my brother's lives in so many different ways in terms of their, uh, the example they set, the direction they gave, and certainly you, you, you turning to them for advice and everything was, was instrumental, but I'll speak outside uh, my parents. So everything is outside my parents. And I was lucky, Josh, I grew up in Montreal and I grew up in a fantastic community where coaches I had, whether it be in hockey or baseball, teachers I had and sports I played in high school that were so unbelievable 
like in everything we did, like, you know, they encouraged us and we had an environment where, you know, team above everything else, you know, there was never any individual that was bigger than a team and all the teams I grew up on. And I remember starting to play junior when I was 17 and being stunned. We I ended up in a, in a different area playing junior a hockey. And, uh, you know, there was three or four of us that, that had grown up together playing in all these successful programs. It was like, Oh my God. Like, how, how can this be? Like, it was foreign to us. So, you know, that was significant for me in terms of roots and understand. And I didn't know any other way. And so, you know, but, you know, when I, when I got to the NHL, Jack Ferreira, who hired me in Minnesota, you know, he had worked with my dad. I mean, he was wonderful to me. But outside of my parents, Les Jackson has had the most influence on me than anybody else. I mean, he, he, he's done everything in the game. Uh, he, 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 he was patient with a young Craig button. He was understanding of a young Craig button who at times probably thought he knew a little bit more than he did. And, you know, the guidance, the patience was, was tremendous. Bob Gainey, who I didn't get a chance to choose to work for. He came in and then he, you know, I worked with him for 10 years. The, the things I learned from him, you know, I, I just can't begin. And, and then the people in the Dallas Stars or Minnesota Dallas Stars organization. But, you know, less, less was so influ influential for me. And, uh, you know, another part a scout that worked for us, he was a regional scout, Brad Robson, who was a former police officer in the Calgary Police Force, you know, him and his family, his, his wife, Sandra, I mean, just unbelievable. You talk about, I call them uh, mentors and, and, and what, what they were, were they helped us in so many areas outside of hockey as examples of hardworking, great parents, people that cared, people that cared about other people and were dedicated, you know, and, and Brad and Sandra are dear friends of ours to this day, their kids are friends with our kids. Uh, you know, Glasses. I mean, like I said, outside of my parents, Les has had had the, the most influence on me as any, as anybody. And you know, I, 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 I at, at the risk of not, I, I feel like I'm in an award ceremony and I'm forgetting to mention everybody. And, and the lights <laughs> going on that says you got 30 seconds and you can't name everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But there's been, I, I, I go right back to my upbringing. I was lucky. My friends teachers, coaches that I had in different sports. And you know what? It wasn't just about, they told you when you were wrong. They told you when you were doing things that weren't acceptable and they held you accountable. Yeah. We were never, we were never ever let off the hook. And, and it could be the littlest thing. We were never let off the hook. And, you know, I always tell a funny story. We had, we had these two great teachers at coach. We played high school hockey to have more hockey play more and we yeah. loved it we loved it. it was all our buddies and everything we played we had these two great coaches mr storfer and mr grimes and then one was uh one was a social studies teacher and one was a math teacher and you know you're young and everything and i remember one day before a game i think it was mr storfer came in and he said what is so-and-so's number and I reeled off his phone number because I thought he was asked because he wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, the, the kid wasn't there. And he goes, get undressed. You're not playing today. I'm going, what? <laughs> What's going on? Right. So anyway, I'd like, I get undressed and all the other players are looking at me and I'm kind of going like, it. so you know what? 
you know, we didn't play. I stood there. I remember I stood in the corner and I watched the game and I was like burning, like not watching. Right. Yeah. So I went to see Mr. Storfer the, the next day. He goes, you know what? I explained myself. He goes, yeah, I realized after he goes, but there's been too many smart ass comments come from you. And I thought it was just another one. So <laughs> I had to stick with my guns, yeah. but you know, so you, you realize, okay, pay attention, right? Like, you yeah. know, yeah. sometimes you're, you're, you're being a little bit too wise at time, but like he, he didn't look at it as, as, as somebody that, Oh, we got a hockey game to play here. He knew I was good, but he said, no, oh, this is unacceptable behavior. And I have a lot of examples of that, not just with me, but with other people, I was lucky. This, yeah. that that josh showed me how much they cared you realize that later in life they cared because they were prepared to have you uh, suffer consequences for for behavior that that, that wasn't right wasn't reprehensible but you gotta you gotta you gotta understand you know how you act and how you present yourself are important and, uh just unbelievable unbelievable experiences with, with, with people that I look back on so fondly, just so fondly. Yeah. That's awesome. Great to share. Uh, like you see the smile on your face as you tell this whole story. It's pretty cool too. Um, so the last one there on that, is there something that Les had said to you, uh, showed you, um, you know, any in that aspect of, you know, how to do it the right way? Is there a comment that he would always make that you kind of, that resonated with you? Or is there something that you learned along the way that just, you kind of go back to, that helps you out. Well, two things, two things that uh, that I remember vividly ab about Les, uh, about things that he told me. Number one is, you know, in, in my mind, I was a questioner. I was question. I want to know why, 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 why. I always had questions, right? I I didn't just accept things blindly, and you know, th that's just my nature. That's my personality. That comes from my parents. And we used to have these great debates around the kitchen table, you know, and my dad would take one position just to take it, just to see how you would argue against it. And, you know, to force you to consider different, uh, you know, different angles to, to a story or to a position or to a topic. And my mother was the same. And, you know, so, at, you know, less, you know, when, when I talk about questioning, like he, he was never rash. One of the things, that, and when you're scouting players, you know, you can go to a game, Josh, me and you go to a game. We can pick out who was the best player in the game. It's not hard to do. No. But when you're looking and scouting young players, who has the potential? What did you see? You know, what 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 could allow that player to be better? Let's take away the uh, the 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 the, the vision of just who played good of, yeah. of, of everything. And let's 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 zero it into the different areas of a player's game that can help him be good. Let's just not make it about good game, bad game. And I remember when, 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 when he would talk about it, it, it was just so it just resonated. You know, when you make that connection yes. and it was like, Oh boy, this is, this is somebody. And so right away, just by him trying to teach and try to guide, like you're going like, I better listen to every, like it, it, it forces you to realize my ears better be open all the time. Mm -hmm. to, to less and 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 it was and he was patient and you know and just okay you know and he would go with our part-time scouts or area scouts who, who would like a player like let's just say they come in and say we really like josh marshall we we love josh he's great so we come in and he he, he wouldn't play a good game right but less would always go to the person that was out he goes so is this a good game for josh or a game where he's not at his best like you know to frame it differently Right. Yes. And you go, and, the, and, the, and what it really did was you want your scouts to be 
firm and strong and recommend players. You don't want them to be hesitant. But and so what he was able to do was tap into the like, and they go, yeah, no, he, he's played better than that. Okay. What do you like? Like, what do you see in this game that he's done? Well, what do you, what have you seen? And it was just like one of those things where you go patience with people. And I, I said to Les, some, I would say to Les, I said, some, I said, I admire your patience. Sometimes I think you have too much patience. Yeah. And he would just laugh and smile. The second thing that I learned from Les is he goes, sometimes Craig, despite what you're saying and you could make the best case and talking about everybody you could make the best case for something to for 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 a reason to do something or a reason not to do something sometimes just because your case is so sound and you you can believe in it to the nth degree and you could be 100% right but other people have to be able to feel that it's the right thing to do as well yeah. and sometimes you just got to let people you know get to that point and you know stand back and, you know, it was one of those things that I said, good, because sometimes despite, you know, our convictions and despite how forceful we can be and adamant, right, doesn't mean that we're not right. It just means that sometimes people aren't at the same place. They haven't arrived at the same space. So give them time to arrive there. Yeah. You know, how many times have you said, you know, you, you, you've been waiting, you, you, you've, you've shown up somewhere and you're waiting for somebody to join you. You, you don't just leave if they're not there right on time and, and they might be a minute late. They might be five minutes late. They come in. Oh, geez, sorry. You know what? I had this issue. You know, now we have social media to send a note. Right. But back then, sometimes you just have to let people, you know, get to a place before, you know, yeah. you may have got there before them. Let them get there too. It was yeah. just such great advice to this day. That's awesome. Uh, it's a great way to end the podcast. Uh, I can't thank you enough. It's always a pleasure to sit down and talk the game with you and, and uh, what you guys at TSN have been, have done with our podcast and just always willing to jump on whenever you guys can. And, you know, Bob just gave me a cold call the other day, just checking in and seeing how things are going. And the Bob father is amazing. You're amazing. The whole group at TSN is, is awesome. And we'll be looking for you guys on, on the tube here with the Helenki Gretzky and the world juniors to follow. So Enjoy the next few days of rest. I know it'll be a, a busy August <laughs> for you. So, and maybe we'll catch you at Edmonton here. So have a good one, Craig. Yeah, you too, Josh. It's always a pleasure to join you. And the, and the conversations, what I would say is, uh, you know, uh, are rich and they, and they, you know, they certainly enrich in me. So, you know, I, I want you to know that from, from my perspective, this is something that when we can talk things out and talk through things, I think that it's something that, you know, when we, we, we talk about bigger issues and we talk about Hockey Canada, but w you've created a platform where it's comfortable and it's enriching. And yeah. so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. So, and that's, uh, I, yeah, I'm blown away with that. So thank you again. And uh, all the best to, uh, to you and your family here the rest of the summer. And, uh, and we support uh, anyone that's gone through uh, some tough times here and these victims. Uh, our thoughts and our prayers are with you guys. And uh, if you guys ever need to reach out to us or Craig on your social media platforms, if you're listening or anyone that's gone through anything, we're here for you. You're not alone. And uh, we support you. And if we can have a conversation with you to help you, we'll, uh, we'll do that. So thank you very much.